0: I get it. I get it. The house that I just moved into in Nashville has this attic that's the same size as the whole house. Mm -hmm. And I threw my drums up there. And it's the first time I've had a space for my drums ever in my entire life. Because when I was growing up, my drums were just in my parents' living room. Yeah. So it was like I wasn't allowed to practice after, like, dinner time. Mm Mm-hmm. I couldn't practice if Oprah was on. It was like (laughs) very-
1: Oprah was sacred time. Oh yeah. The golden hour.
0: 4 p.m. every every day.
2: Gotta watch Oprah.
1: (laughs) She's she's out on the road right now for Stacey Abrams. That's pretty sick. Oprah doesn't really get involved much. Yeah, I saw that.
0: But hey, in the early 2000s, she was the-
1: She was everything.
0: She was everything. Like, so.
1: and she was like one of the first memes too, the, oh, the you get a, everyone yes. gets a this. That,
0: and then also, um, she, there's that meme of her that she's like holding a basket of like all these vegetables or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, there's a bunch of astrology memes about it, but <laughs> <laughs> all about astrology memes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's pretty much your brand, though.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. 100 Astrology memes and gay okay stuff. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Edge of Ponds Podcast. This is your host, Craig Vitamin. We've been away for a month. Not really uh, because I wanted to be away for a month, but because something happened to the website, and uh, we were shut down for a little bit. The The RSS feed got shut down. I wasn't very stoked about it, but folks couldn't even access anything. And then my website got, like, weirdly password protected. But we're back! Hey! Uh, I actually enjoyed the month off because the last month I've had has been really stressful. So it was nice to kind of clear my head, get things done, and now we're going to do a few more episodes of the podcast before taking break uh, before the new year. So we'll get a few more episodes in here uh, before the end of the year, but yeah. Today is a really great conversation with my friend, Francesca Impostato. Uh, Francesca is the drummer in the band, Max Seal, who are putting out a brand new EP this week. It is called Map It Out. It is coming out through our friends at 6131 Records. Francesca and I met up uh, the other day and just chatted a bit inside of my uh, practice studio in Alston, Massachusetts. And we had a nice conversation about a lot of things from misogyny, to Tegan and Sarah, to Lady Gaga, to how we randomly met, and a whole bunch of other things. I was really glad that I caught Francesca just as she came back to the Boston area before the band embarks on a nice weekend tour to celebrate the release of the EP. They will be in Long Island, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts and Philly over the weekend. So if you are in either of any of those markets, please go see the band. They're probably playing with your favorite local bands on all of those gigs because that's just how they do. They rock the DIY gig, and they crush it. They're going to be huge, and you better remember where you heard Francesca talking about, you know, how she learned to play drums by drumming along to Paramore, (laughs) because you heard it on this podcast. Well, you're about to hear it on the podcast, I suppose. Uh, And you know what? Instead of me rambling and continuing to be an idiot, I'm just going to throw it to this conversation because we got a lot to talk about. Here we go. You've never, like, had a job interview?
2: I mean,
0: yes and no, because a lot of my job interviews are just, like, I
2: don't know. Just
1: <laughs> you don't actually have to talk
2: about... really.
0: The job that I'm working in Nashville is, like, I just called, and I was like, hey, my friend said that you need someone, and the guy, like, looked at my resume and was just like, oh, are you a masshole? You're, like, Boston's all over your resume, and I was just like... Not really. Like I grew up in New York. I just lived in Boston for school. And he was like, "You're hired," and that was it. No, no further
1: questions. <laughs> it's like that uh, was it. when I was in college, I I interviewed for a job at Wendy's, mm-hmm. and I showed up in a tie. Oh god! Wow. Yeah. One of those kids. Huh? I was hired that afternoon, and my first shift was that evening. <laughs> the same day. The same day. Wow. Yeah. Like in the interview, he's like, "Well, uh, you seem really nice, and you wore a tie. Can you start tonight?" And I was like, "What? Of sure, course I can. Why sure, not? yeah, hell yeah, let's go for it."
0: <laughs> that's literally what happened with this job. He was just like, "Well, can you come in tomorrow at six a.m.?" And it was like maybe six o'clock when I called PM the night before, and I was just like, "Uh, that's like I okay, get like four hours. Sure." Why not? Why not? And I did it, and the rest is history. But yeah.
1: Well, that's fun.
0: I guess uh, hopefully I don't say anything stupid. But it'll be fun. If
1: anything, I'll be the one that says something stupid.
0: We'll both say something stupid.
1: Like Agreed. <laughs> Our birthdays are coming up.
0: They are coming up. Sad season, baby. We're right. pretty... we're pretty
1: early into it too. Yes. Like we're.
0: You're the pretty... seventh. Huh? You're uh, the twenty seventh. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Day before. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. it was the day after. Yeah.
1: Wow. Mhm. Well. Born that morning. Eighty seven. Wow. That's uh. Turning thirty
0: one. How do you feel about that? I guess it's like slightly <laughs> less of a big deal than thirty, right?
1: Yeah, and that's how I feel. I'm. I'm just glad that I get to be a prime number again. Yeah. Twenty nine was nice. Mhm. Thirty. It's like a good round number. and now I'm back to being a prime number. I'm okay nice. with it. I'm
0: a, I'm turning twenty three. Really?
2: Yeah, I'm
1: a baby. Oh, that's fine.
0: <laughs> but Great. I'm sure many people bring up that blank song, and I'm just gonna be like, hey, no one liked me when I was twenty two either, so it yep. fine.
1: <laughs> it's totally
0: fine. Yeah. When you're twenty
1: two, you could do the like deuces. Deuces. Yeah. I don't know if anyone does that anymore, but I remember when I turned twenty two, it was a thing. I threw. The deuces. All the time. I also just don't know how old anyone is anymore.
0: I mean, ages, but never. You know?
1: Time's relative, man. Yeah.
0: It's like, I used to think so much about how age um, characterizes people in my head, but Cole is just turned 21 this mm-hmm. past wednesday and is one of the most mature people i've ever met mm-hmm. like i would say that he is more mature than any of my bandmates. <laughs> he's the youngest he's more of an adult of <laughs> yeah he just like really thinks through his feelings and knows how to handle most things i
1: feel like boys so, these days though that's pretty rare it
0: is extremely
1: rare but i think it's, it's becoming more common I hope so guys getting more in touch with their feels yeah i've always been one of those guys but i did repress it for a while mm-hmm. and then i was like ah oh, fuck it yeah <laughs> let's feel these feels. feelings
0: are good i love crying yeah crying is awesome mm-hmm. um, i do it often
1: mm-hmm. um i cried this morning i cried yesterday like <laughs> i cried during an episode of an anime so it's kay. fine sometimes
0: those they can sneak up on you and they be do. sad out of nowhere. I get it. They I do. Get it. I hate um,
1: it. Actually, I, but I love it. But I hate it.
0: I When I moved to Boston, watched The Notebook once a month <laughs> just because I loved crying. And I was just like, I know that this will make me cry. So I'm just like, let me use this as a catalyst to cry about what I actually want to cry about. Yeah. Because the movie will start the waterfall tears. And do you then, have those
1: songs too? Um, what's making you cry lately
0: (laughs) a star is born soundtrack okay yeah there's a this song in it that's called is this all right or is that all right something like that and it's just about like finding your person Hmm. and wanting to have a family and like Hmm. all this stuff
1: and i'm just like it's so cheesy.
0: It's so cheesy, but I love it. But it's beautiful. I eat that up. I also <laughs> love Lady Gaga. So whenever this movie got announced, I was just like amazed. Bring it on! I was so excited.
1: She gets to be a leading lady.
0: Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. On film. That's so going to be a
1: big uh, shift for her.
0: I think it will be a good shift. Yeah. Because I mean, I could talk about Lady Gaga for days. But we can. This is what
1: this podcast is about. Hard shift to Lady Gaga. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, so the thing about Lady Gaga is that she is also a queer Italian Mm -hmm. performer from New York. Yeah. Which is me. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Um, Obviously, she is extraordinarily more successful than me. But like...
1: Well, let's not compare. I'm not going (laughs) to
0: compare. But she... I don't know. It's just really nice seeing someone that is has all these similar qualities to me doing it. Yeah. And going out there and like my mom loves Lady Gaga yeah. also and like introduces her to introduces herself to all of my friends as Mama Gaga. Hmm. Um and my sisters and I all have a Lady Gaga tattoo that's like a sisterhood tattoo that's and sick. all this stuff and I was in Nashville whenever the movie came out but I coordinated seeing it at the same time that my sisters and my mom saw it in new york this way whenever it got out we could talk about it and I, like, <laughs> I don't know she's a one of one of those people that just
1: that's your representation though that's yeah. what you like to see
0: for sure yeah because it's literally me yeah. and someone else doing it
1: i love that doing the thing well yeah. soccer- we were even
0: born in the same hospital so, okay, that adds another layer it to does, it. It does, doesn't it? Holy shit. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know anyone who was born in the same hospital as me in Phoenix, Arizona. No idea.
0: I mean, I was born smack <clears throat> in the middle of Manhattan, so a lot of people were born in that hospital. Probably.
1: Yeah. Probably.
0: Many. At least 10. Maybe 11. Oh I don't my know.
1: God. <laughs> well, then let's talk about you. Yeah, let's uh, talk about me. Folks listening, we, we've, this is, I'm using all of this. Great. Folks who's, <laughs> who are listening might not even know who you are. Probably don't know who Probably you are. Probably not. Can you tell folks who you are, what you do, where you come from, how you got here?
0: I am Francesca Impostato, otherwise known as Frankie, which is something that I'm trying out. Um, okay in Nashville. I grew up in New York. I lived in Boston for a time and a couple months ago moved to Nashville to try and do the music thing. But whenever I moved there, my friend that I'm living with refers to me as Frankie. So I've been introduced to a lot of the people I know there as Frankie. So it's just like... (laughs)
1: New city, new you. Exactly. It's like Frankie
0: <laughs> can be whoever I want Frankie to be. Um, but yeah, I play, I've been playing drums since I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned how to play based off of Paramore Records. Of course.
1: Who, Naturally. Who doesn't? Exactly. I still think that, uh, what is it? Misery Business was one of the first songs I like put on a full-on air drum performance too. It's a very air-drummable song. Yeah. The
0: first song I ever learned how to play on drums was Wake Me Up When September Ends. Okay. And I remember being really excited because I went out with, I guess, like Christmas money or something and bought a clamp to put a tambourine on my hi-hat stand so that I could do the whole thing. I was doing the whole song and it was pretty cool. It was fun. Um, But now I play drums in a band called Max Heal that's based out of new york um
1: so you moved out to nashville to still you know
0: do that have to <laughs> yeah well it's uh it we still make it work because uh cole and i our guitarist and songwriter and half singer guy um half he, singer. yeah he and i lived in boston <clears throat> while the band was still based in new york and i mean four hour drive or four hour plane ride Mm-hmm. Same thing. So it's kind of like, so far it hasn't been a problem. Okay. But yeah, I like playing the drums. That's
1: who I am. <laughs> I, I dig it. Yeah. It was really funny uh, when I first reached out to like see if you wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. You were like, are you sure you want to talk to me? Like, I have a bunch of other guys. <laughs> and I was like, well, I know you the most out of yeah. everyone. And I talked to enough dudes on this podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to talk to someone else who's in the scene and doing the thing. Yeah. So, well, uh, thank
0: you for asking me.
1: Yeah. For... Well, that's the whole conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Um, so, uh, when you started drumming, was it just like a thing you did as a kid, or what? What did that? What was that like?
0: Um, well, so I started playing the drums because I have two older sisters um, and boy bands was a huge thing growing up <laughs> in my house and I was particularly enamored by Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys naturally um who occasionally would play the drums so I thought that if I learned how to play drums I would have something in common with him that would yes. be a great conversation starter that would inevitably make us fall in love
1: of course okay so course. I did
0: it out of love mm-hmm. which is for Nick Carter yes mm-hmm. um and I never stopped I just asked I kept asking for a drum set growing up kept asking every time my mom would be like no and my mom (laughs) she knits and I remember one Christmas like a couple weeks prior to Christmas I found a pair of her knitting needle knitting needles like on the top of a filing cabinet in my dad's office Mm -hmm. and I was like those are drumsticks. She's hiding them from me. I'm definitely getting a drum set. And then they were knitting needles, so I wasn't getting a drum set, and I was distraught. <laughs> and my aunt was just sick of hearing me talk about it all the time, and was just, like, told my mom that she was getting me a drum set, and that was it. And she was actually the first one that got got me a drum set, and I just went with it. Yeah, it was something that I had fun doing. My, I mean, I don't remember starting to play, but. My dad tells me a lot that whenever he first set up my drum set that I wasn't just like hitting them and trying to make loud noises, that I was actually like trying to- Figure it out? Yeah, like make beats and like match what I was hearing on the radio and and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with it. That's so great. Um, Yeah. Still haven't fallen in love with Nick Carter. Things have complicated that.
1: There's still time though.
0: You know, there might be times, but I don't think that he's quite my type, um, anymore.
1: Okay, that's fair. So, It happens. These kinds of things, you know, they come and go. Yeah. You're, the things that you're, the guys that you're kind of interested in, you know, they come and go. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my story with the drums, uh. And uh, you did Berkeley, right? I did. Is that what you went to
1: Berkeley for? I
0: went to Berkeley for drums. I did. I studied music business and instrument repair there. Oh. Um,
1: What is instrument repair? Just repairing. It was. (laughs) Oh man, I have many
0: (laughs) stories about this class or course. I guess Um, I took it because the first chunk of the classes in the course were music business classes that ha- I had already taken. Yeah. So I was just like, cool, Like this will be a good way to get my money's worth because it's like blah, blah, blah. It's interesting, I love doing things with my hands, so it was super hands-on. And I signed up for the class, uh, just like the first class where you're actually like fixing instruments and it's all like woodwinds and like clarinets, flutes, saxophones. And it was a class of maybe like four people Really tiny, taught by this old man in his 80s named Fred, who was amazing. I loved him. I was learning so much. And then towards the, there were like four sections of it. And towards the last one, Fred couldn't teach the class anymore. Because he was like commuting from Cape Cod every day.
1: And mm-hmm. just like.
0: How? It was too much
1: for him, was I guess. Was leaving at like 4 a.m.? <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't even know. But he he something happened and he couldn't continue teaching the course so we got this new guy who i don't remember who he was but do you ever like someone walks into into a room and they immediately like you know that they're a villainous character yes it was automatically like that and i was just like where is fred what's going on and um one class he it was just me and him no one else in the class showed up and he was just like well i don't want to teach a whole lesson if it's just you so i will just like make up stuff as we go along and i was like all right whatever you're the teacher so he picked up a hammer and whacked a saxophone and was just like okay you get the dent out of it and i was like sure and in order to get a dent out of a Saxophone, you have to kind of like manipulate the metal and keep hitting it until you're able to like even it out and all this stuff. So he was like, you have to hit it with a hammer. And I was just like, okay. And I kind of just like dinged it real soft because you're trained your whole life to not hit instruments with hammers. So I was just like, kind of very lightly hit it and it didn't do anything. And he like ripped it out of my hands and was just like, this is why this is a man's profession.
1: Oh God. And
0: just like, Ugh. went off and I was like what like with just you it was just me and him in the room in like a basement of a berkeley building at 6 p.m. on a wednesday
1: so you totally felt safe
0: oh yeah for sure and yeah. i was just like what what do you mean like i'm sorry should i hit it harder and he was just like yeah but it's like this is why men should be doing it cuz you like you're not strong enough and i was just like uh Okay, should I like not be taking this course anymore then? Cuz like what's the point if it's a man's profession? Like why am mm-hmm. I even here? And he said something along the lines of well, if you're ever like a teacher one day and a student drops their instrument, you'll know to bring it to a shop. And I was just like, "Jesus. There's so many wrong things with what you just said that oh I don't even want to get into it." And I just like hung around for maybe like 5 more minutes and then was just like, "I'm just going to leave." And I left and went straight to the chair of the department and was in this battle about like whether or not this guy was fit to be employed by such a prestigious school
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and eventually lost. And they hired him full time after all of these claims that I made. And it was just a ridiculous testament to what would soon come, you Mm -hmm. know, because things don't get better than that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, it was a Still learned a lot. I finished out the course because I wasn't going to let him win yeah. and I wanted it. Um, and I learned how to fix instruments. Hell yeah. Which is
1: cool. Um persisted through that.
0: Oh yeah, and I feel like it's one of those situations now where I want to do it so that I could prove him wrong.
1: Yes, um, oh man. Almost every decision I've made has been out of spite in that way. Yeah. Like being told I wouldn't be successful in college. So now I have three degrees. <laughs> and exactly. I'm just like, take that, Miss McKillop. Yeah. Junior year of high school. You t- Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. I, I mean, let- sometimes you need to let, <clears throat> obviously you don't want all of your decisions to be fueled by the hatred but sometimes you need someone to light a fire under your butt and be like well you can't do it Mm -hmm. and then you you just do it anyways it's like a superpower when (laughs) whenever you're like are lifting up something heavy and a dude comes over and it's just like hey do you need help with that and like if anyone else had asked me i would be like yeah but since a dude asked me it's like i get this third wind of power where suddenly i could like lift a car up and i'm just like (laughs)
1: don't fuck with me exactly but you uh i want to get to something a little bit later but this is a good in when you're like on the road and playing gigs i love following along with you (laughs) because dudes say the most ridiculous and do the most ridiculous shit to you just because you're not a dude in a Mm -hmm. band
0: (laughs) i have an entire google doc of stuff that men have said to me on the road this past year
1: are you gonna make one of those little like chat books i was
0: thinking about making it into a zine or i have a lot of friends at hooligan magazine in chicago that have expressed interest in wanting to do something with Mm -hmm. it so i'm just like sitting on it and i'm like i'm not quite sure how i want to format it to i don't know i mean i'm just happy that i started documenting it because I'm sure that people have said a bunch of stuff to me in the past that I just have forgotten about at this yeah. point. But it's like...
2: I just love how
1: often it's a sound guy, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's
0: a one particular... Uh, I think I was in Dallas, Texas. And um, something happened where the the bass drum mic fell out of the kick and was, like, causing something to resonate uh and it was making this awful overtone throughout our entire set and afterwards i was like hey like what happened like what was going on there and he was just like well you moved the mic and like he instantly just blamed me for it and i was just like well you know i actually didn't Mm -hmm. but obviously it's my fault because you're the sound guy and you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. but it's always something
1: it's always like mediocre men too Yeah. It's like very like, like when I was in college, I was a writing minor and I took a lot of writing classes just in general. And I had a professor who was like one of those guys that was never really published, Mm -hmm. but like had such a passion for writing. And um, he kept giving me terrible grades on like my short stories and all these writing exercises we would do and whatnot. He kept like giving me F's and D's just because like my approach was like, I'd try to be like post-structuralist and I Mm -hmm. tried to like deconstruct things and sentence structures and shit and he was like giving me all these terrible grades and I went to him like what are you why are you giving me this this is good writing and he was like well it just looks like you don't know what the hell you're doing like it clearly you don't know how sentence structure works I'm like no I very much understand it I just want to mess with it a little bit
0: like you understand it so much that you're comfortable with messing it up yeah and breaking the rules yeah that's
1: like rule number one in creative writing is like Mm -hmm. once you know the rules you can break them Mm -hmm. and then he was like oh okay and he did this thing that i've never had any teacher ever do he left you uh recordings of his notes as he would read through your paper that's
0: very bizarre
1: And he would send you the audio file and he would sometimes give people cassettes of it instead of like just writing out because he didn't feel like writing was an efficient way to... Good
0: thing he's a writing teacher.
1: Yeah. And so I just broke it down to this guy just really likes to hear himself talk. And now I'm becoming him. (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: I have a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what most most of the content you put out via your podcast is not in any way deprecating so it's like i don't i don't think you're becoming him
1: no i'm not no and the whole point of this is to let other people tell their stories exactly. <laughs> For sure. Ride. It's nice being back on the podcast because I can continue hyping up all the wonderful work that people in my life do and all the great organizations that are out there doing great work, including my friends at Table Turn. Dane still runs the subscription company out of his living room. And hey, you can get a vinyl record sent to you every single month if you. Just go to table-turned.com and sign up for a full year. Or you can pay month to month, whichever works for you. The next wave of records is going to be under the garage rock genre or ska punk genre. You can pick either or, or both if you want. At $175, that is just $15 a month. That's free shipping too. Like you're just getting a record sent to you. You don't even have to think about it. You just get one every single month sent to you. It's a wonderful wonderful deal. This is I'm in my second year doing table turned. I'm in the shoegaze, uh, I'm in the shoegaze genre right now and I love it. I've already been turned on to a couple great bands that I had no idea even existed. And I just got to see Smut open for nothing a couple weeks ago. And it was fantastic. Got to meet the band. Even told them that I got wind of them because of Table Turned. And they had no idea. They were like, what? Are our records out? And people are getting to hear it? just Just, just because of this great subscription company? And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, it is and y'all are great so if you want to hear some of the great new music that's out there in the world go to table com. get yourself a vinyl record every single month on the cheap thanks to Dane thanks to wonderful people out there making great music and the labels that let him do this crazy project back to the conversation with Francesca Impostato So when did you start playing in bands?
0: Uh, well I mean I've been, my first band that I was ever in was in middle school and it was Taking Back Sunday cover band.
1: What were you called? Was it Punny?
0: I don't think we ever, I think, I don't think we ever had a name. I think it was, it didn't intentionally start as a Taking Back Sunday band, but we only ever got around to playing Taking Back Sunday songs. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I think at one point we made a MySpace and it was under the name Wait Till May, which okay. I'm unsure where it came from. We also, a couple years later I was talking to my friend that was in it and we were both like, yeah, I hated that name. <laughs> but we just weren't like comfortable enough to be like, hey, maybe we should not do that.
1: But, but my first band in middle school was See No Evil. See No Evil. It was fine. Um, The lights turn off in the studio sometimes.
0: That was spooky. (laughs) I'm in the middle of... This is totally going to cause a tangent, but I'm in the middle of watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the new one one right now, and I hate scary things. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think E.T. is scary, Mm -hmm. so this is... I'm really out of my element here.
1: (laughs) No, but what's great is I also hate scary things. Yeah. So And people think it's weird that I don't, like, love spooky, scary stuff.
0: I am... I mean, there are so many things startling you in a- everyday life. So like, why are you going to watch something that's going to make you even more scared?
1: Like when commercials aren't the same uh, volume. That gives me more of a, a jump scare oh, than yeah. I it's want. It's scary. It's yeah.
0: spooky. So whenever the lights just went off, I was like, <laughs> what's <laughs> no going on? No thanks. Not
1: for me. Not a big fan. No. So um, taking back Sunday Band, yes. which led to what?
0: Uh, So I did that for a couple years and then I was in jazz band and... High school and all that stuff, but I didn't start playing in in DIY bands until 2015. Okay. Um, I had played in some bands in with friends in in whenever I moved to Boston, but it never really like no project ever stuck. Mm-hmm. And then in 20 on November 5th, 2015,
1: three uh, three years from tomorrow. Yes, when we're
2: recording this. Um,
0: my friend from high school, Ryan Bartlett, messaged me on Facebook, and I hadn't spoken to him since I graduated, so it had been two years at that point, point. Mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, I need a drummer for a show coming up in January, are you around, uh... And he messaged me at the last game of the World Series. And I am a huge Mets fan. Yep. So I was at the game. <laughs> they were right about to lose. Everyone knew it was going to happen. And this guy messaged me. And I was just like, I, who is this? Like, I don't even know who this is. I was <laughs> I didn't like, care yeah. Right now, and I didn't answer for, like, a couple days. Because I was, like, so distraught about... mets
1: blues. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> I finally got around to answering him. And I was like, yeah, and... Maxiel had put out, this was for Maxiel, and they had put out an EP like a couple weeks before then, and I remember listening to like a couple seconds of Cats and then commenting on it and saying, dig it, and that was it, and I never like thought about it again after that, and then he messaged me and I was like, I guess I'm gonna do it, and I wasn't expecting it to be a long-term thing or to hang around, but... It was just a lot of fun, and Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by all these really talented musicians. Cole is one of the best guitar players I've ever met. He's wild. He is incredible, an incredible writer also. He really knows how to balance um, complexity with like taste. And sometimes he'll show me new things, and I'm just like, how does your brain work like that? Mm -hmm. How do you even? How do you even do it? Listen, neither do I. (laughs) I'm like always enamored by everything that he does and all all of the songs Ryan brings to the table, Mm -hmm. too. It's always incredible. Um, So I just stuck around. And then eventually, the next summer, they were going into studio to record again Mm -hmm. and asked me to be a part of it. And then I was like, are we like am I in the band like always comes to
1: those relationship (laughs) conversations and I I
0: messaged Brian and I was just like hey I'm just wondering like I'm gonna be recording on the new EP do you want me to be in the band like am I a member and he was just like oh my god yes we just like didn't want to ask you because we know how great you are and we're scared that you were gonna like feel weird and run away or something and I was just like no like I want it I want to make this my my project, I wanna do it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and then, I, that was it. I was an official member after that. That's so sick. Um, and we've been doing DIY tours since then. The first tour I did with them was March 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of been nonstop since then. Uh, Cole and Justin are finishing up school now, so once they're done, we're gonna be putting out an LP.
2: Mhm.
1: Torn it. Yeah, well, well, let's talk about the upcoming. It's coming out Friday. It is coming out Friday. Can you tell folks about what, what, what to expect on Friday uh, through 6131 <laughs> Records? Yes,
0: 6131 <laughs> 6-1, is putting out our four-track EP. Um, it is called Map It Out. We recorded it in this past June in Baltimore with Jay Robbins, um, who has done a bunch of records with 6131 and... It's incredible working with him is very cool uh but i think that these songs are a little bit of a departure from what we have put out in the past it's kind of this bridged ep towards what we want to end up sounding like um on the lp that will hopefully be coming out Whenever we record it. yeah.
1: (laughs) TBD. Yeah, TBD.
0: (laughs) But I absolutely love all the songs. Um, It was the first time that I got to feel comfortable writing my own drum parts for Max Seal songs. Hmm. Um, And also just, we were all able to play with production for the first time. Yeah. And, like, we're given space and opportunity to be like, hey, like, it would be really cool if we, like, add a... keyboard here or rose or shaker and um the single that came out it's called uh chili uh i think i'm trying to think of th- we have all these names for songs that aren't the actual names that we end up
1: that reminds sticking. me of, it reminds me of when i saw manchester orchestra early in their career and there were only like 20 people in the entire gig in minnesota mm-hmm. and um they're all uh, in between songs, um, Andy Hole was like, uh, So this next song uh, is called uh, The Neighborhood is Bleeding, or like, we like to call it Banana Nana Nana. Banana Banana Nana Sure thing, Shelly. Sure thing, Shelly. That's you go.
0: the, yeah, so we just call it Shelly, which is just a shortened version of that. But on our, On Yeah, No, I Know, which is the EP that came out Mm -hmm. before this, there's a song called These Things Happen Mm -hmm. that we call Face. Okay. And we've never referred to it as these things happen to each other. That's fair. But, um, yeah, so the beginning of that song, uh, Sure Things Shelley, uh, there's this, like, reverse guitar intro thing, Mm -hmm. and then it just, like, smacks down on the floor, Tom, and the song comes in. And... We'd had no idea how to start that song until we got into the studio and I was like, hey, it would actually be really cool if we take Cole's guitar line, reverse it, like add some like textural keyboard stuff. And there's actually um, also reversed me walking into the live room, sitting down at my drum set and picking up my sticks because hmm. it's like the start of the record. So I was like it would be cool if I like sit down at the kit and like that's how you know because the actual first hit is me hitting the floor tom yeah and that's the first it's going to be track one on the ep so it's the first thing that
1: people will hear um that's sick
0: yeah it was really cool because we like i said we had never been given the space to think about production as like a context of songs which plays a big role yeah um in actuality and i think it all kind of it like really made us excited to be able to consider production as a, another element in everything else we write from here on out.
1: It becomes like a whole other part of the band almost. Oh yeah, for sure,
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, in one of the songs, uh, all of us sing on the record. Oh hey. Um, for one line. Gang vocals? It's, it's not quite gang <laughs> vocals. <laughs> It's literally just us, um, we set up a mic in the middle of the room and kind of just took like a couple feet back, uh, a couple steps back, and we all just yell like, well, we all pretend it'll be okay. Hmm. And it wasn't originally going to be like that. And we actually did one take where we didn't do it, and Hmm. then another take where we had it. And I feel like it was... a Four against, or three against two. Like, are we gonna use that song or the other one? And then it stuck, and I think it sounds awesome. Yeah. Cause it was my idea.
1: Nice.
2: <laughs> hell yeah.
0: Um, it's like barely noticeable, but like if you know it's there, then you can hear it. Um, which is cool, cause now I get to say I sang on the record.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Get those credits. For sure. <laughs> How did the six one three one conversation come about?
0: Oh collaboration man!
1: collaboration come
0: about. Uh, so we just got an email from them. And they were like, hey, I think Joey emailed us. Which is one of the owners. And he... One of my favorite people. He is great.
1: Helped him move. He is... Helped him paint his living room. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> he is awesome. Um, and he lives in Boston. So Cole and I, he came out to um, a show that we played. And was just like, it was, I think to this day, one of the best shows that we've ever played.
1: That's what you want.
0: Oh yeah. And he was just like, really impressed. And yeah. later that day it was just like, we want to put out whatever you're going to do in the future. Um, which is what the initial email kind of hinted at. It was just asking us what our plans were for the future. If we were planning on recording anything, if we had anything recorded that we were trying to put out. Um, and that was kind of it. Dang. Yeah, we we did. We had music that we wanted to record. Yeah. And we loved Joey and Sean. And it was just kind of...
1: They gave you the opportunity.
0: Yeah, everything fell into place kind of pretty soon. Like, it all moved very fast.
1: Um, yeah, because I, uh, I met Joey randomly Uh, because I opened for Julian Mm -hmm. in the fall of 2016 or something and he had just moved there. Right. And after my set, I went and sat down and he like introduced himself to me. I was like, oh, hey, yeah, you own like the label she's on. That's (laughs) cool. And um, he was like, yeah, I really liked your set. I was like, hey, thanks. And then I got like, on my Facebook, he had added me on Facebook, and I was like, oh, shit, am I getting signed to 613? <laughs> and I was like, no, God, no. That would be terrible. And um, uh, I ended up becoming friends with uh, both of them, which was really cool. And that's actually how you introduced yourself to me. Yes. At the end of a pop punk karaoke, you're like, hey... Are, I know you, you. Are, are you Julian's friend? And I was like, who... Like, Baker? And I was like, that's a weird connection. <laughs> I had, like, texted... Like, I would not make that connection. <laughs> no, I
0: had texted her, and I was like, hey, I think your friend Craig is tabling at this show that I'm at right now. And she was just like, you should go say hi to him. Which was so out of character for me. Like, I yeah. rarely do that. And hey, I was just like... You looked really uh,
1: apprehensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just like,
2: hey, are you that guy, Craig? <laughs>
0: um But I'm very happy that I did because now we're
1: friends. Well, yeah, and like that's why like because when I became friends with him, we actually like hung out a few more times, and he was like, "Yes, we're talking to this band," and I was like, "Oh yeah, who?" and he's like, "This band like Max Seal," and I'm like, "I don't know who that is." Mm -hmm. I was like, so I went and looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, these guys are sick." And then I think I saw y'all play once, and uh, then I like texted him. I was like, "This." band sick and he was like yeah just let me know if you come across any other bands and I was like all right covert like I'm gonna just like hey Joey listen to this band yeah (laughs) but uh I've I've been really I've really loved seeing that um 6131 gets so behind their bands and like oh yeah they're ready to, to push you guys I hope so
0: yeah I'm excited to see where it takes us I mean we've already had so many really cool opportunities just being associated with the label yeah um which is awesome like getting to record with jay robbins like he's been doing this forever yeah um and is just so knowledgeable mm-hmm. about most things and was really quick to be like hey like this what this will sound better if we do it this way yeah. um and knows how to get exactly the, the sound that he wants um
1: that's what you want. Yeah. You want someone who actually has a, has a good ear that'll complement what you guys are even like bringing to them. For sure. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, it was, it was very cool. So um,
1: y'all have a, a weekender coming up, right?
0: We do. Uh, we are playing... Our EP release show is going to be on Long Island um, on Friday, and then we're going up to Boston and then to Philly, and that's it just playing some shows so people can hear the new songs
1: yeah um real quick one
0: yeah it's it's hard to book longer stretches of shows in in the fall just because we have members that are still in school yeah um so a lot of our touring for now at least is only winter break thanksgiving break Mm -hmm. summer um but we were able to finagle pulling off a Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, around the release. And yeah. yeah, it should be fun. I have been going to a lot of gigs in Nashville. And every time I'm at one, I'm just like, get that bug. And I'm like, I just want to rock. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the... I, I mean, I'm such a road dog. The first three months of this year I spent on, on tour. Yeah. I toured for like nonstop. It was literally... I had like maybe a total of four or five days off.
2: Because um, you did
1: some stuff with Oso Oso too, right? I
0: did. I played on their tour with Tiny Moving Parts and then <laughs> with Citizen. Which is just
1: fucked up because they're like a couple of my favorite bands. <laughs> it was really cool, honestly.
0: Yeah. I had never, I, I mean, I was, like I said, I never really was in, not that Tiny Moving Parts or Citizen or DIY bands, but I would never really like a a pop punk kid so i mm-hmm. never knew these bands until i was touring with them yeah i never listened to Tiny moving parts until the third day of the of the tour <laughs> and then i was like i'm going to listen to them i just like put them on my ipod and i was like wow they're fucking wild they're very talented musicians Dylan's A lot of fun. ridiculous oh yeah and he smiles like all, all the time. stop all the time one of the nicest guys i've ever met uh yeah so i did that and i was touring from january until the
1: middle of march yeah (laughs) i remember that you were just nonstop.
0: i loved it though yeah i now that i haven't been touring for a couple of months and i'm just like so eager to sign on to any kind of tour i can because i just want to do it i love playing i love playing drums it's also so important because it's rare to see a a queer female drummer yeah um and I had a, a lot of people coming up to me in like random states and being just like, I didn't genuinely did not know that a girl could play drums in this scene. Aww. And I was just like, Hell yeah! Aww, like beautiful. I can do it. You can do it. Like go get a pair of drumsticks. And, it's so great. Yeah, which is why I'm also just like I feel more motivated to play shows because maybe there'll be that one kid in the in the audience that is just like, Hey, dad, like I want to. Learn how to play drums too. You
1: know. I think that was Kate, Katie. Katie um, felt that same way with whomever the drummer was in the Somerset. I think this. Oh, who, is the yeah, band. yeah, yeah. I forget her name, but Katie has like the hugest crush on her, mm-hmm. and so I remember. And that was like when Katie wanted to start playing drums. <laughs> okay. So you are that for some people.
0: Maybe I mean I can only hope that playing drums will bring other drummers into the world
2: Mm yeah that's Um, great
0: yeah i also like spent a lot of time teaching kids and and whenever like i was able to have a girl student i was always just like you're automatically my favorite because you're gonna be the coolest kid (laughs) um i loved it i love seeing kids learning stuff awesome awesome. yeah
1: sick All right, time for the music break portion of the podcast. Excited to bring you a track from the new Maxi EP, Map It Out. Francesca explains a little bit about how this EP came to be. Uh, and it was great to learn a whole bunch of the process that went into it. And now we're going to share the song Sure Thing is Shelly with you. It's the lead single from the EP. And you can hear it and uh, the rest of the EP this Friday uh, at MaxSealBand.BandCamp.com. You can also, you know, go to all major streaming services. You can also head over to 6131 Records and you can get yourself a cassette. You can get yourself a cassette copy of the Max EP. You can even get a shirt that has the Map It Out artwork on it as well. Do yourself a favor and check out the rest of the band's music, too. bandcamp.com It's a lot of great stuff, and this band is 100% going to be uh, the next big thing. So if you're not paying attention, uh, wake up. Here we go. This is Sure Thing, Shelly from MaxSeal. Sure thing Shelly from Max Seal. If you like what you heard, go to band Get yourself a digital copy of the EP. Go to 6131Records.com and get yourself a cassette copy of the EP. If you are in the northeast area, Lowell, Philly, Long Island, this weekend, go to the gig. Get to it. Let's finish off this conversation. We're gonna do a thing called the lightning round. Oh boy. Where I'm gonna ask you a bunch of random things about things you enjoy in the world. Okay. And you can you can take some time, but don't like overthink
0: it. I overthink most things, but let's try not to.
1: <laughs> Anxiety sick. Oh yeah. Okay. So, as that massive swell just came through. Um, uh, okay. God damn. <laughs>
0: rock city baby hell yeah
1: (laughs) all right so what is your favorite color my
0: favorite color is i always tell people it's red but it's actually navy
1: okay i don't know why that's fair you just lie to people no i think something you do (laughs) red was
0: my favorite color growing up but then anytime i don't own any red clothing i don't i don't know anytime i had to like pick a color to paint my room it was always like navy and gray okay so respect yeah
1: What's your favorite food?
0: Potatoes. Potatoes? Yeah, any potato. Any? Or, I mean, I am known as the potato princess. Yes. Sleepy spud. But I like potatoes. Thai food is my favorite kind of cuisine. Though. Okay,
2: it's all good right.
0: Thai food,
1: yeah. What's your favorite place you've ever visited or vacationed?
0: <sighs> hmm, uh, I have a tattoo about Alaska. Oh. Um, I My best friend from college grew up in Alaska and I was able to go see her hometown of Sitka and loved it because I grew up in New York so I was never around like around nature Mm -hmm. and just trees and mountains um and it was what
1: I grew up around (laughs) I mean
0: dude it's it's kind of crazy like because you spend your whole life and and anytime my family went on vacation we always went to other cities Mm -hmm. we were never a camping family so I never went camping I never went on a hike. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever went on a hike was in Alaska in 2016. Um, Dang. And it's just like, com- it was completely eye-opening and life-changing to know that trees can just exist without having been planted there. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in a cement square.
1: Or without cars driving around. Exactly.
0: Them. Exactly. So I'm going to say that Alaska is probably my favorite place, but just that whole like Pacific Northwest region is mm-hmm. so beautiful i loved seattle um
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's home i guess that i miss home i
0: want to go back so badly <laughs> <more>. <laughs> same
1: uh what about favorite book
0: Ooh, uh my favorite book is crush by richard sykin who okay. is a poet um that that book is about his partner dying of aids hmm and it is heart-wrenching but so beautiful and i give it to everyone that likes poetry oh, wow. i've i've literally purchased like at least 12 copies of it and just give it to people because i'm just like you have to read this if you love love <laughs> and you love literature you will
1: love this book because um, you do some poetry too right
0: i over, do over um, here and there? i took a couple of classes at berkeley um and had the privilege of learning under Caroline Harvey who is amazing and a phenomenal teacher and I had never written prior to any of these classes and didn't know it was something that I could do (laughs) Um, and fell in love with writing and now I'm in this little poetry writing group with a couple of other queer folks that has kind of forced me to keep writing on a regular basis, which is incredible because otherwise I probably would have stopped by now.
1: It's accountability.
0: Exactly. Which is why I, it literally started with a tweet where I, whenever I was going on the tiny moving parts store I, was, I just tweeted and I was like, hey does anyone want to be in like a writing prompt group where we send each other a prompt every day and like hold each other accountable for actually writing it. Yeah. And Julian texted me and was just like, I would love to do that. Aww. And then her Morgan Martinez from Hooligan Magazine and Scout Kelly, who has done some writing for Hooligan, also Uh, the four of us since January have been writing at weekly together, Mm. Um, and it's been incredible because they're three of the most talented writers I've ever had the privilege of knowing and working with. Um, And it's such a wild
1: connection. Oh
0: yeah, Morgan introduced me to Scout in memphis because mm-hmm. i need my max you needed a place to stay and she was like hey my friend scout lives there you should hit them up and see see if you can stay with Aww, them that's so and cool. we met and now we live together in nashville
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy um that's that's wild because like we we host bands when they come through and now we're friends with like spanish love songs yeah and sharp tooth and late bloomer who mm-hmm. are on 6131 yeah. like like that's like a fun way to make connections for sure
0: i speedy ortiz this past Mm. month needed a place to stay in nashville and one of my friends tweeted at me and was like hey can you host them and i was like sure why not because it's also the first time i've ever had a space where i've been able to repay the favor that so many people have been able to help me out with (laughs) and i was just like of course like i have the space i would love to be able to help them
1: yeah um and there's a period of time where katie and i didn't even like actually have a place to stay and so like one of their uh, admin folks at Leslie like Mm -hmm. let us stay with her for like two weeks until we got our place and now we're just like we've hosted so many friends, students, stuff like that if they just need a place to stay. It's
0: really amazing to be able to share a space with someone who needs it.
1: Well and shelter, like that's like one of the biggest things. It's nice to be able to repay the folks that have been so kind. Over the years. <laughs> Definitely. So, other than The Notebook, what movies do you enjoy?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, we mentioned The Star is Born came out recently. I love Lady Gaga. So, um, I'll say that one because it's the last movie that I saw. Um, I, I really like sad movies. <laughs> um, so, like The Notebook, uh, I'm not really too much of a movie buff, but... That's fine. I don't
1: know. What about TV? I
0: I watched Maniac. Oh yeah. Um, I still haven't gotten into it. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best things Netflix has put out. That's what I, I, I heard. believe. Um, yeah. but I have been watching Grey's Anatomy, unfortunately, since the second season it aired, and I have not been able to not want to know what's going on with the characters I like I took a break for a couple of years after one of my favorite characters was killed off and I was just like I will never watch this again and then when I got done with those three months of touring I was just kind of like in this emptiness where I didn't have anything to fill my time and I was just like sitting at home and I was like what am I gonna do and I was like I'm gonna rewatch Grey's Anatomy from the first season and I watched it through and caught up until like this past Thursday
1: jeez Um,
0: so, I'm, like, all caught up now, and it's the most ridiculous show, but I
1: absolutely love it. Because um, it's, like, a mainstream soap opera almost, yeah. right? Yeah, and
0: it's on season, like, 16 or something, yep. which is too many. Yeah. Um, but I watched that. I love Buffy. Uh, I Like I said, I have two older sisters, so I grew yeah. up watching, like, all these kinds of shows. Um yeah, I feel like those are probably my two favorite shows.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, let's end on music. What's something you've been listening to that you enjoy? or Maybe it's something you've enjoyed your entire life.
0: Um. And
1: why is it Paramore?
0: <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, am I going to talk about Paramore right now? Uh, I mean, Paramore is definitely the band that made me get into music. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Hmm. I don't want to talk about Paramore, so let's talk about Paramore. <laughs> I mean, I can also be very obvious and bring up Tegan and Sarah. Oh. I mean, they're some of the most successful queer musicians out there, and I definitely. Like, they brought me to my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I found her through a Tegan and Sarah Tumblr blog. Nice. Um, And. It was also this thing where I was always playing them and I loved my mom dearly, but I put them on in the car once and she was like, we were just talking about them and their career and she was like, well, you know, like the world will never be ready for queer musicians Mm -hmm. or queer female musicians, like they're never going to be on the radio. And then, lo and behold, like, a couple months later, Closer came out, and it was on all the radio yep. stations, and it was incredible, and it was kind of one of those things where when she said that to me, I was like, what's the point of me doing this then yeah. if I'm never going to, like, reach any level of, like, success? And then whenever they actually pulled it off and for a song that my mom was listening to on her way to work on the radio, I was like, maybe I can do it. Yeah. Like, I can do this. And, I mean... They're also some a band that made me pay attention to production in records first. Like the Con, Ooh. Chris Wallace oh. so, does some of the best production I've ever yeah. heard on that Portland record. Portland,
1: Oregon. Too. Oh yeah. Oh.
0: Um, yeah, I love I love Tegan and Sarah
1: a lot. They're top ten band for me. Of all time. I will never
0: not be bored listening to them.
1: Oh, I find something. New every time i listen to them and it's fucked up because like everyone has like a different tegan and sarah album that they love the most Mm -hmm. and like you can rank them but like there's really no point because they're all like
0: i have i have different reasons why i like so like the con is my favorite produced record Mm -hmm. but so so jealous has my favorite songs Mm -hmm. but sainthood is my favorite record by them
1: and I think Sainthood is their best record. Mm-hmm. The Con is my favorite. And then at the same time, I think some of the best stuff they've written on the, are on the last two albums. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so messed up. <laughs> but the ones that I go to when I just want to like feel a little angst are If It Were You and So Jealous. Like, oh, yeah. And the songs I want to play myself are from those two albums. Mm-hmm. And it's friggin' wild.
0: Yeah, I have a very vivid memory of me on my 15th birthday. I got an electric guitar and I plugged it into an amp, and <clears turned throat> up, this is so embarrassing, but I turned off all the lights <laughs> except for some like Christmas lights and I just blasted, um, Papa Plane and was oh, yeah. just like playing it and screaming it in my room and I was just like, this is the best song ever written and this is great, I love Tegan and Sarah.
1: And we got spooky again. The spooky lights came out lights. just as you said I love Tegan and Sarah. And then that's also the end of the recording. Nice. It's like good timing. It's a great timing. We're like, <laughs> the, the, the space is telling us to leave. It's telling us to leave. Huh? Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me of this
0: afternoon. I hope that you have some type of content that you can use in it. Of
1: course. That's it. We did it. Oh, first episode back felt really great. I had such a wonderful conversation and a wonderful time with Francesca. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. Uh, I hope you also enjoyed the wonderful news of the, or I hope you also enjoyed the wonderful sounds of the jam band that was rocking out above us. The entire conversation. That was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out the new Max Seal EP. It comes out this Friday. It's called Map It Out. comes out on 6131 Records. Go to maxsealband.bandcamp.com. Get yourself a digital copy. Stream it there or stream it on Spotify or wherever else you get music. Go to 6131 Records and get yourself a cassette or a shirt if you want. Do those cool things. Support the band. Support Francesca. Support women in music. Because hell yeah, we need uh, women representation in music so that we can cultivate the next generation of women musicians. Just like Francesca uh, got inspired to make music, we need to inspire the next generation as well. And if you want to get yourself a monthly vinyl subscription, go to table-turned.com and support our friends at Table Turned. Get some of those records out of Dan's living room. It's like fifteen dollars a month. Sign up for the year right now. You can still get some of the packages for hundred and sixty dollars. That's a free month you get right there. Fifteen dollars a month. That's huge. That's super cheap. No shipping in the vinyl game. This is like gold. You gotta. You got There's no reason you sh- you're not supporting Table Turned. Jeez. Lastly, uh, really glad that folks even reached out to be like, "Hey, where's the podcast?" Uh, trust me I was working it out with Squarespace over the last month or so and Apple like the the problem actually occurred when I uh, had posted uh, James Akeda's episode which was a really big bummer that it got hit then because that episode is like one of my favorite conversations with with James especially and then the one with Dylan uh, took a little bit of a hit but we still got like a lot of listens that one was like our biggest stream within the first week, which is really cool, despite the issue we had with subscribers not getting the the, the episodes delivered to them. So I'm hoping that this is uh, not going to happen again. Uh, we're going to be back for a few more weeks before taking a break uh, right around the holidays because I'm going to need a little bit to work on some other projects, and then we'll be back. Probably in the middle of January, but before that, we'll do about four more episodes and then take a nice break, and then we'll be back with a bunch more, and it'll be awesome. I I hope. I hope you are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It felt good to be back, and yeah, uh, we got a lot of work to do. I recently got to present at a conference that was specifically for resident assistants at colleges, and it was really wonderful to put to work some of the... The things that I've learned over my life as an educator since I was an RA 10 years ago and really putting in that work that I've been kind of alluding to that we kind of all have to do every day and even in the last week or so I've really learned how important it is as educators that we need to give students time. We need to give students time to learn, time to feel, time to fail, time to succeed. We need to let them have that time and not try to fix things for them and not try to not try to live their experiences for them. Let them have their experiences. We've had ours, now let them have theirs. And that was something that I've really been playing with a lot lately and really been thinking about a lot lately. And it's been weighing on me. And it's something that I talked to my therapist about a lot because as such an emotive person, it's hard for me to just like take a step back. And so lately I've been really trying to do that. And really just trying to be there for my students and be there for my colleagues and really be a better professional and it's really something that I, I find a lot of value and worth in. And I really just hope that we get to continue doing it in a safe and, one, and loving environment um, that is hopefully not going to be as destroyed or disrupted with the upcoming elections. Because I'm not entirely convinced that everything's going to be okay uh, moving forward. And I know the elections are are probably done. This is going out Wednesday morning. I'm recording all this stuff before that. And um, we're probably waking up to a different uh, setup in the House and then the Senate, for better or for worse. I don't know. I really can't say. I have a lot of uh, feelings and opinions, as I'm sure many of you do, and I really just hope that... Um, moving forward, we're going to be there for educators and there for artists and there for people who are trying to make a good difference and make creative things happen in spite of a lot of the bullshit that's happening in the world. So that's my piece. I hope you're all doing well. We'll be back next week. Let's get to work. Yeah!